What kind of farm you guys both run together? Jacob Belichick and Brooke Belichick. Uh, we farm rice, cotton, milo, uh, some corn. Um, about a, a 2,500-acre operation. We also have cattle and hay. So the pigs are, are a pretty big deal to us. The Belichicks are farmers from South Texas, Edna to be exact. Hunters and farmers like them recognize that sound anywhere. While 70% of the Texas population lives in its major cities, the state has a variety of different landscapes. Those flat, rural areas are a good chunk of what makes up our state. However, there's a certain species that's harming that landscape. An invasion, if you will. That species is feral hogs. We have to look at what the term feral means, and feral means what was once domesticated becomes wild. To get some insight on these invasive swines, I spoke with some local farmers and agricultural experts to learn more about the wild hog dilemma plaguing Texas. New businesses have been created to help eradicate the feral hogs. The government has even gotten involved with attempts to pass legislation to control the species. I'm Bree Flores, and Texas wants to know, what's causing this feral hog invasion and how do we deal with it? My name is Mike Bodencheck, and I'm the state director for the Texas Wildlife Services Program. Nice to meet you. What exactly is a feral hog and how did it become so prevalent in Texas? Feral hogs are a hybrid between domestic breeds of pigs and Russian or European wild boars that have been introduced for sport hunting purposes. That mix actually varies across the landscape. It depends on how recently pigs were, were introduced. Some of the pigs in Texas have ancestry that goes back to the DeSoto expedition that came through Texas in the early 1600s, mid-1600s, and pigs were released from that group and have been livestock on the landscape ever since. Recently, however, this hybridization has given us an adaptable animal that has a lot of reproductive capability as well as the ability to deal with a wide range of environments, and Texas is the perfect place for them. How much can they reproduce? The uh, average litter size for pigs in the wild is about six. That's average. You know, the joke in Texas is that 10 of them survive. It seems like they do very, very well out there. And we see three litters every two years or about a seven month interval between litters. So a female pig will become pregnant about six months of age and have her first litter before her first birthday. Mike has been a professional wildlife biologist for 45 years. And while he retired from his position at the Texas Wildlife Services Program, he plans to continue to assist the program. How does the feral hog develop over time as you worked in wildlife, right? Because you've been working for a long time here. How does that develop? Back then, there were little isolated pockets of feral pigs that were being managed by the landowners. If you've got 200 pigs in a population, and you shoot 40 or 50 a year, you could keep them under 200 forever. Wow. Starting about the 1990s, early 2000s, people started moving them considerably for hunting purposes. And these little pockets now merged into a big meta population, a large gr group of pigs. And when, when that happened, 
I'm, I'm using a physics example, but the pig bomb went off. The reproductive potential exploded and the ability for one landowner to manage his own little property was lost at that time. According to the research from University of Georgia, Texas has the biggest feral hog population in the United States. The overall population of the species nearly tripled from 1982 to 2023. Now, there's millions. They were just another grazing mouth out there on the landscape. Now, it's a tremendous problem. Pigs um, compete with native wildlife for forage. We've actually seen them change the habitat from a a grassland to more of a mesic or, or dry area that, that doesn't support the same insect life. So even tree nesting birds can be affected by pigs on the landscape. They alter habitats, they foul the water sources, they predate on a lot of wildlife as well. Reptiles, ground nesting birds, even fawns from deer can fall victims to feral hogs. They'll eat anything that's got a calorie in it, and that includes our native wildlife. The feral hog wreak havoc on native wildlife. They ruin our landscape in ways that we can't even fathom. And they reproduce like crazy, so much that it's become so unsustainable. But how did it get to this point? To help answer this question, I spoke with Russell Baining. He's a local farmer and the president of the Texas Farm Bureau. You have your farm, you're really involved in the community in Texas. How does that relate to the feral hog problem? You know, Bree, I, I travel around the state to district meetings, county meetings, and, and mostly that's to discuss issues that our members are facing. I've been doing that now for, you know, since I was state director before president, so a little over 15 years. And there is one topic that is pretty much universal when you talk about issues facing farmers and ranchers, and that's feral hogs. It, 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 and it's been that way, and it's gotten worse, probably, in most places. They're a destructive pest, uh, you know, and there's really no other way to, to put it. It, it affects a grain, a grain farmer, uh, whether he's raising corn or, or, or grain sorghum. It, it affects people that are in hay production. Uh, if you just have grazing, for your cattle, they're very destructive because, you know, not only of what they might eat, but the holes that they, they dig. And it, it, it's, it, it's, been a, it's been a problem for a lot of years. It's, you know, it's quite frankly something that we've tried to address in different ways. Some success, but not highly successful. How did it become so prevalent in Texas? They have no natural predator. Mm. There's nothing that bothers a hog. A hog nearly every wild animal has a predator. I mean, that's the way nature works, right? Right. I mean, we all like little bitty deer when they're born, little Bambi, but a coyote, you know, at that stage, coyotes, especially if there's several of them, that little, that little, uh, that little deer is going to be supper. And, uh, uh, you know, but, and you could say, well, what about little bitty pigs? The mother's pig are called a sow. She is super protective of, of those babies. Coyotes won't even mess with her. So not saying that they never get some of them, but very few. So no, no natural predator. Maybe years, when I go, when I say years ago, 60, 70 years, more people lived in the rural area, maybe more people hunted, and there was elimination that, that way. It's just amazing how, how much strength they have, right? They can knock over a lot of things. They're grown. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and they're... 
they're a dangerous animal too. When you're out on foot hunting them, they they will try to attack you. Oh, uh, I mean, if they're threatened enough and you're close enough, they they will try to attack you. And so, and their teeth are very long and very sharp. When um, you come up to the trap to to shoot them, they'll charge that trap. I mean, it's it gets kind of scary, and and the bigger ones will jump oh. over the fence trap so you have to be very careful with Mm -hmm. the big very scary sometimes it does sound scary it's an an, another sport you guys are doing a sport yeah it's an (laughs) adrenaline rush really when we come back from the break we'll find out how those combating the wild hog invasions are managing to capture them Can you go into depth of what the traps do and how they work? The way the traps work is is they're they're larger. They're they're made up of twelve eight foot wide metal panels. They're like a cattle panel, but at the bottom of them, the 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 holes are smaller so that the piglets can't slip through. That's Edward Dickey. He's the owner and sole operator for Texas Wild Hog Control. You may remember his voice earlier in this episode. We use 12 of these panels, and uh, that creates a 35-foot diameter corral trap when you include the guillotine gate, which is eight feet wide also. We lift the gate up, and we've got a control box on there and a mechanism, which is triggered by um, an RF signal that comes from the, the cellular trail cam which comes from my phone. So when the hogs are in the trap, I get photos uh, from my infrared camera. And from my phone, I'm able to send a command to drop the gate. And that sends a cellular signal from my phone to the camera. And then from the camera, there's an RF signal that goes to the control box to drop the gate. There's a lot of technology involved with trapping the hogs, right? There is. So... The technology's been around, uh, I guess, maybe 15 years now, 10, 15 years now. Um, Mm -hmm. In the past, we used to have to go and and check the traps physically. So we were burning a lot of gas doing that. And we would pull up and, you know, there may not be anything in there. So um, this has changed it. It's made it a lot more uh, efficient. Mm-hmm. Uh, the trapping's a lot more efficient now because of the technology uh, with the equipment. You know, now we can we can uh, activate the the the, the trap ourselves, um, which is important because in the past um, a lot of traps, hog traps, are activated by the animal themselves by you know stepping on a pressure plate or. Right ripping the wire and what what's bad about that is that typically you know these hogs are so smart um typically the younger the younger ones smaller hogs are going to go into the trap fairly quick and when that happens they'll trigger the the trip cord or they'll trigger the pressure plate the mm-hmm. the trap will activate trapping the younger smaller hogs the thing is, when that happens, we're educating the larger hogs that are standing mm-hmm. outside the trap. Right. So we're just reinforcing their education when we're allowing the animal to activate the trap. Now mm-hmm. the technology 
uh, has enabled us, the, the trapper, to activate at the perfect time uh, when the whole group is in the trap. So it's a lot more effective. They'll tear up very large areas. Um, yeah. Sounders can, you know, vary in size from a couple of pigs to, you know, um, 45 plus. Yeah, a sounder is basically a group of pigs. That's what they call them, not a group. They call them a sounder. Uh, I think it's estimated in the state of Texas annually $52 million worth of destruction mm -hmm. a year to agriculture mm -hmm. just by the feral hog. Um, One of our fields we noticed um, this week or last week, we were out there and we were looking at the field and it literally looks like we've already done field work The has much damage as it is out there. It's, it's bad. Yeah. So we were out the other night um, and just scanned the field with the thermal um, and there was probably, I would say, at least 100 pigs out in that field. They do alter the habitats by their rooting behavior, turning grasslands into weed patches. And some places like the Texas Hill Country or West Texas, the soil can be washed away after they've rooted it up and it won't come back in one or two human lifetimes. So we see these long-term impacts from feral hog rooting out there. Thermal thermal vision is a, um, a a scope, you know, some what you're looking through, and it utilizes heat signatures uh, to produce an image. Whether that's traps and uh, or guns, ammunition, a decent thermal scope will cost you around four thousand dollars. On a uh, really good ones can cost around twelve thousand dollars. There's a lot of out of pocket money that comes from the agricultural producer to uh to try and and do some kind of control to protect our fields as much as we can there's so many methods while some employ technology to help control the hogs others stick to the basics using traditional methods to seize the swines how do you guys solve and deal with this overpopulation we use we use a net fence called hog wire mm -hmm. and you know it can be three to four feet tall and it's pretty good at keeping them out but you have we have coyotes Coyotes don't do much damage to, 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 to crops at all, most of our crops. But anyway, the coyote digs a little hole under the net fence. So just like a dog would do, he digs a little oh. hole so he can cross. So what do you think the hog does? The hog sticks his nose under that and picks the rest of the fence up. And, you know, so it's just, it's a constant battle. It's a constant battle. We, we hunt pretty regular. Uh, we have hunters that, 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 that love to hunt them. Uh, like with dogs, and they bay them up and, and, and eliminate some of them that way. That's not highly successful. You, you can you can sometimes chase them out of your out of your cornfield with with some with some good hog, what we call hog dog in February, January, February. We'll go into the into the pastures, the brush, and we helicopter hunt them. A guy with a helicopter and and shoot them out of a helicopter call them an ecological train wreck because it's literally one thing slamming into another slamming into another they spend a lot of time in our riparian zones and because of that they can actually spread diseases through their contact with the water and then other wildlife contact out there after speaking to multiple pig experts i quickly learned that there really isn't a true benefit to having these hogs in our environment they cause harm to our agricultural life, our health, and some have even said that they're migrating into suburban areas of Texas. 
I got a good friend right north of Dallas in the in the, kind of in the Plano McKinney area. He said, "Yeah," and he said, "People are starting to put up fences to keep them out of their yards." You know, I I, I guess when people think about think of a hog or a pig, you think of a little piglet or something, and you know, it's it's cute and everything, but that little piglet grows up to be a pretty stout animal and a, and a pretty bad pest. We see fatal vehicle crashes every year where people are killed because of feral pigs. Either motorcyclists hit a pig at, at high speed. A pig's eyes don't reflect light like a deer's eyes do. And so if you're driving on a dark rural road, you won't be able to tell that that pig is on the road until it's inside of your, your reaction distance. And so we see humans that are killed in crashes that, is, that are associated with feral pigs. And we see diseases transmitted to people. There's a lot of people that will, will comment on my wife's Facebook stuff about, you know, uh, you're wasting so much meat and there's so many people in the world that's starving. Well, I, we agree. We would love to donate 100% of the meat. The problem is, is that's not the reality of it. And there's a lot of times, a lot of these pigs are disease-ridden. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, most of the time, you'll know because of the smell. They have a horrible stench to them where we will take the meat and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll clean them and, and eat them. But when you're trapping this amount uh, of, of animals, there's, there's not enough storage that you have personally to... I mean, could you imagine trying to store a thousand pounds of meat in your house? Yeah, I didn't realize you guys could also eat the wild hogs. That's insane. But again, like you say, they carry so many diseases. Though. Right. You know, and and when you catch pigs, you know, generally when they're when a pig gets over about a hundred and twenty pound animal, mm -hmm. it tends to have a lot more diseases just because it's basically it's time on Earth. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been to more of those so the smaller pigs tend you know are, are better eating they you know generally have less diseases there are services that are successful and devote their time to controlling the feral hog population the texas wildlife services program the program that i'm the state director for is actually a pretty neat federal state private cooperative program so the state of Texas participates through the Texas A&M University system, and we have about 160 employees out there on the landscape removing pigs that are state employees. USDA gets funding in there. We have helicopters. We have federal employees that are also removing pigs, doing some disease surveillance work that's important for the livestock industry. And the private sector is actually contributing through the Texas Wildlife Damage Management Association counties and rancher associations kick in some money to help support those trappers that are actually removing pigs on the landscape. We remove between 40 and 50,000 pigs a year where they're conducting those operations and we're very effective where we're working. There's about 4 million pigs in Texas and we're able to keep that population from growing by working in certain areas, right? It's been kind of stagnant for years. I'm Bree Flores at News Radio 1080 Carol D in Dallas Fort Worth. Thanks for joining me for Texas Wants to Know. If you like the show, please give us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts.
I wrote, produced, and edited this episode with editorial support from Cooper Mall. Original music is by Michael Eisenstein, and Odyssey's managing producer for National News Podcasts is Myron Kaplan.